Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. In the streets of Union City, to your nighttime radio, Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey, no. From 7 till 11, live local and live, Steve Travelis on New Jersey 101.5. Weekday night, Steve's live local and live. And welcome to Thursday night in New Jersey. Steve Trevelisse, you and me, till 11 o'clock tonight with so much to talk about. The Laundry Evangelist is calling in at uh, Patrick Richardson, the Laundry Evangelist uh, from HGTV. We'll be calling in at 910. Special Jersey's opening lines tonight because I got some uh, some tickets to Parks Casino, see Gemini in concert with Mark Riccadonna, comedy magic, the whole thing. Oh, what a great job. What a great town hall my friend Eric Scott just did. Uh, you know what? When you listen to the, all the reasons that people leave their jobs, aren't you glad we still like to come to work? Right. We may be the last of yeah. a dying breed. It may very well be. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I, I think it's disheartening. I, you know, and, and I know our experts tonight from the PBA, from the nurses' union, from the teachers' union, um, you know, they all kind of danced around this a, a little bit. But there is a culture, I think, of disrespect yes. um, that has impacted uh, the mental well-being of people in these professions. Uh, you know, I know Sean Spiller from the NJEA and wanted to talk about, you know, a, the, the, the obviously wage issues, benefit issues, class size, paperwork, you know, barriers between teachers and students and those types of things. But there are teachers that will tell you they just don't want to deal with the students anymore. And they don't want to deal with the parents anymore. And it is a factor. When you layer all of the other things that Sean talked about tonight that teachers have to do, um, where they don't have time to prepare for a lesson plan, where they don't have time uh, you know, to give a little extra attention, especially now with so much learning loss, you layer that on top of being disrespected by your students, why would you want to be a teacher? And that goes back, when did the pendulum swing to where the uh, teachers could do no right till the teachers could do no wrong? Right, right. And, or vice you know, versa. And with nursing, yeah, it's staffing sizes. But I think it's also, you know, that, that same thing is that a lot of the veteran nurses we talked to in researching for, for this program came right out and said, look, it's, yeah, it's the staffing issue. But it's also the fact that, you know, I got in this to care for patients. I don't care for patients anymore. I'm in front of a computer terminal. I'm writing reports. I'm doing paperwork. I'm not, and you know, I and I have thirty patients on my. Well, that's the whole thing. Like I heard that coming in, and you know, even the teachers. You have when you choose the job that you want. When you we have your dream job. You dream of you doing that job, and. When that dream is no longer any fun, when there's no longer anything in that dream that makes you want to come, the idea of a teacher teaching a student, the student learning from them, the give and take, yep. that turns into disrespect. When you've got the, the nurse who wants to care for the patient, but she's being overloaded with 30 patients and can only do so much, plus the pressure that comes down from the top to do not only your job, but all these other jobs and make it work. Well, the initial affection that you had, you know, the thing that kept you going, Going to work has has now basically evaporated, and plus, with the younger generation, they don't think 
the way we do. Like Gen Z, they're thinking, I'm going to work a few more years here, work a few years there, work a few years here, and they're going to jump from job to job. And if they don't like it, they're going to leave. They're just going to well, walk all out. These careers that we talked about tonight, um, you know, police, fire, nurse, teacher, um, the people that do it with passion feel like it's a it's a calling. And there is a disrespect for law enforcement. And, you know, I think Rob Nixon from the PBA um, explained it very, very well and, and talked about how that takes a toll on a police officer. You know, when literally you could wind up being arrested and go to jail for doing your job right. as a police officer, that is, um, you know, pretty significant. Um, but there's a societal point at play. I had a conversation with a longtime police officer years ago, as a lot of this was just starting, you know, this this kind of defiance of um, authority. Um, there has never in the history of law enforcement been an incident where a police officer says to you, you're under arrest, where you are not going to be placed in custody. If you've gotten to the point where you are under arrest, you're going into custody. Whatever it takes after that point to get you subdued, and into custody is going to happen. And your response to that determines how much of an issue it's going to be to get you into custody. Whoever heard the day would come that it would be like that. Right. You know, and, and again, you know, what what are we doing? What is society doing? What is employment doing? What can they do instead of trying to make your job tough, instead of giving you more and more to do? What do they do? to keep employees wanting to go to work. I mean, in the situation with the police, government makes it impossible because of all the new rules that keep coming down, cashless bail, things like that. It's hard to do the job. Teachers, all the paperwork and all that, and the disrespect, what's being done to control that? What's being done to make the work environment better that would make all these people who are leaving their jobs, the firemen, mm -hmm. you know, what would make them want to come to work? And that's something that people, that doesn't get addressed. Just the, the pressure of more, more, more. You know, we're going to do, we want more and more and more, but we're giving you less. We're giving well, you and, less and, manpower, and, less money, well, we but give us more. Real, real world impacts on what this means, right? So that means if you have higher class sizes in your local school, that means your kid who may have suffered learning loss during the pandemic doesn't get the extra instruction that they need. With a nurse, one more patient on a nurse's caseload increases the likelihood or the increases the risk of that patient dying by 7%. Right. Now think if that's you, your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad, um, you know, th that that's a real world impact for a police officer. Um, it means that there isn't enough patrol going on. If somebody's responding, you know, if you have five police officers in a municipality and they're all tied up on a particular call, what happens with the rest exactly. of the town? If you're a firefighter, we heard Eddie Donnelly with the FMBA say, yes, it's increasing the response time. So your home is burning, your child is trapped inside that home, but you don't have any firefighters in your town because you can't They're coming get from any. someplace else. They're coming from right? two or three towns away. And we firehouses are closing. You know, so those are real-world impacts um, that, you know, if we don't address these, these staffing shortages... Um, and retain the veteran leadership we have in all of these fields, uh, it, it really is going to have a, a, an impact on our health and well-being. One of you guys said it best. Don't Not stop the pipeline. Stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. How do we yeah. stop the bleeding? Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. And it's, it's, I mean, it, Sean Spiller said it you know, as well. <laughs> if you're in a hole, stop digging. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So, well, great job by you as always. That's Eric Scott. 1-800-283-101.5. Let's talk about this. You know, what keeps you going to work? What could make your job better? What would make people less likely to want to leave? Rob, hold on. I'm going to give you more time. I'm Steve Trevelis. Here's New Jersey 101.5. Fast traffic. I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Tukansky. 855-350-1015. That's 855-350-1015. Or online at robsellsnj.com. That is robsellsnj.com. Or Google robsellsnj. And then you start packing. More and more people packing. Leaving New Jersey. How could that happen? What keeps you in your job? What what are the, the trials and travails you deal with when you go to your job? Why are so many people leaving their jobs? Rob is in West Orange on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Rob. Rob, you there? Yes, I am. From the streets of New York. Hey, look who's back. What's going on, my friend? I'm always back. You know that. All right. Listen, I love my job. What do you do? I I work in hospitality, hotel business. Okay. And while, while I was in the hospitality business, I had to work. Different positions, all this stuff, and I was fine with it. Right. I, I didn't sit at home like everybody else and collected that extra six hundred dollars a week. All this stuff—that's the problem. Oh. Everybody's so comfortable; they don't want to work. They're, the government made us lazy. Well, why would I get out of bed every day and say, "Oh, let me go to work"? Self-respect. Because when no, exactly. But I need something to do. Right. Or I stay home and get an extra 600 bucks plus what my salary was. You know, it's ridiculous. And I think the government screwed uh, us for two years. Nobody wants to work. So you're saying now, you know, that we need a work ethic. We don't have one. We don't have one. Look, the kids get out of college. They have a a $100,000 loan that they can't pay. Mm -hmm. They live in the mom's basement. They're 30 years old. They have a cell phone bill and a car payment. That's it. Good. Who are you going to be? What? And then they have kids. What, what happens then? Well, that's a scary thing because there's a work ethic that gets handed down through the generations. You know, uh, your grandparents had a work ethic. Your parents had a work ethic, and each one worked hard so that the next generation wouldn't have it so bad. And then what happens is you get three or four generations down the line, like where we are now, and it's great that they don't have it so bad. But there's a lazy factor. Or a lack of work ethic factor that comes into that. You're never going to move in a life. Well, you know what? But let's put it this way. Advantage Rob. Because if you got a sea of people that are lazy and never going to move up, and you're the one hustler, look at how does that bode for you? I uh, totally agree. Well, there you go. I'm saying with a problem with our country, that's what's going on right now. I agree with that. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Not totally, though. Because, again, I, I know... Too many hard-working, I am one. You know, when you're working three, four jobs, you're, you're busting your ass, as are so many. And then mixed in with that is this entitlement that has come. And again, not with everybody, but a lot of the younger generation who, because uh, they didn't have to go through what the three or four generations before them did. You know, if you if you came to this country, my my I'm Italian. You know, my family came to this country in around the turn of the century, and you look at how hard my great grandfather worked, and my grandfather was a public service worker, my father was a fireman and a steel worker. You know, and they all did it so that the next generation would have it better. Okay, here we are with the next generation, 
But the problem is, and I get a lot of hustlers, but the problem here is that as a society, we have demanded so much more out of the people who are working than ever before. Karen's in Medford on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Karen. Hey, how are you? Good. How about you? Well, I'm kind of tired. I'm a nurse. Um, God bless you. Infusion. I do home infusion, so um, I drive anywhere from five to 700 miles a week. Right. Patients. I have a boss that uh, doesn't believe in paying mileage. And uh, so, but, you know, I make a good salary. I'm not going to cry about that. Um, but I've been a nurse 29 years. It's just, I, I just, I don't know what the answer is. I didn't get to hear a lot of what other people had to say because I had to go into a patient's house. But well, what do you think? I, I honestly don't know. I wish I had the answer. Like, I work two jobs. I work full-time as a home infusion nurse. Right. I work every Saturday at a drug detox, an inpatient drug detox. Right. And... I don't really need that extra money on the Saturday, but every nurse I know has a second job. It's just like we're hard workers, I think, in nature, most of us. And my mom was a nurse. My parents moved here when I was three from Scotland. It's a calling. It's it's just, uh, you know, I love being a nurse. I love taking care of patients. Right. My patients love me, but, like, we're not treated well by our management. And um, What would make it better? I think we just want to go out and feel respected, feel that, you know, nurses used to be so respected. It's not that way anymore. Why do you think that is? Because, you know what, my wife is a healthcare worker, and she's a physical therapist, and I have some opinions. I mean, why, why do you think that is? Um, I think a lot of people feel entitled. That's what I was going to say. They they got their health plan, and because they got their health plan, they can make demands. And it's almost like you're not there to help them. You kind of work for them. Right. Exactly. And you get you get the ones, and in my particular uh, part of nursing, you know, I'm going into their homes, so I get to know them, their families. Sometimes I'm in their house four or five hours at a time doing infusions. And, right. Um, so, you know, we'll chit-chat and get to know each other. And and I have patients now that have called the pharmacy that I work for and, like, said, listen, no other nurse is allowed in my house but Karen. Good. And, yeah. and But then you get your boss who, you know, they forget how many patients call or their families call to compliment you and say things like that and they'll nitpick the one thing the one thing well you know know? what you got to do in that situation honestly you know your worth right the patients know your worth so if i were you and that's the way you feel i'd be looking around to see what else is out there where i could get the respect (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i I I get i get i get four or five texts Mm-hmm. Emails a day, a day with nursing job offers. Karen, I would do that. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Joe's in Patterson on New Jersey 101.5. What's up, Joe? Hey, Steve. Uh, great show. You know, um, you know, I feel bad for the police, um, the nurses, etc. You know, they were underpaid in the 60s. I remember I'm um, going to school, getting out of school. Next day, I saw my teacher painting houses and, and stuff like that. But the salaries and the benefits are right up there with um, 
private sector now. The private sector, I worked in a field that was very um, youth-oriented, and um, once you hit 50, you were there was so much age discrimination, you could not find a job. So, you know, the private um, public um, jobs, you've got job security. That is worth a lot of money. Oh, you know what? I agree. My father took the civil service test and was a, free, was a retired Union City fireman 30 years. Pension, fantastic. Uh, I tell my kids, you know, yeah, I mean, if you you got a job like that, civil service job or, you know, know. public sector. Me. No. Um, you got look at look at the state workers. You, they can fire you for age. It's amazing. Incredible. Uh, Joe, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Marianne, I'm going to give you more time. As far as ageism goes, first of all, the the longer you've done the job, the older you are, the, the more experience you have, the more valuable you are. And I think that regardless of uh, the way people feel on the opposite end of that, the the more we get, you know, the the more the shorter we become in the workforce the more in demand you're going to be, no matter how old you are. 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelis. It's 830. Now the latest New Jersey news from NJ101. Home Recreation, New Jersey's largest swimming pool, spa, patio stores, now offering their best financing offer on the wide selection of Viking spas. 48-month, 0% financing, starting as low as $125 a month, or up to $1,800 in instant rebates on selected spas. Visit athomerecreation.com. Steve Trevelisse. All right. Workforce in peril. You heard the town hall. Why? Why is the workforce in peril? What could be done to make people want to stay at work, stay at their jobs, not split? Let's talk to Marianne in Frenchtown on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Marianne. Hey, Steve. What's good? How much? You are. That's what's good. All right. That's the right answer. Hey, can I just start off and say that that nurse sounded mm. fantastic, and I would be honored to have her care for one of my family members, honestly. She sounded fantastic. But she you did. know what? The problem is today, everybody's hands are tied because they're running everything like a business and they're taking the human element out of it and they're pushing people to the limit. My husband is a mailman. Mm -hmm. So he's coming up he's coming up on thirty four years now. And I also was a letter carrier for like seven years. Right. In uh, in Westfield. Now when you started that job, it, it was a heavy job. It, it was heavy, you're carrying heavy mail, you're walking you know, blah, blah, blah. But you always have that guy in the office that's trying to crunch a number and push you till you're just about ready to pass out. And, you know, my husband, his father was a Marine. He has a great work ethic. He's excellent at what he does. But you know what? He's getting so tired now. They speak to you so condescending. Not only do you carry your own route, you carry like half of another route. They have GPS trackers on you. You can't even take oh away. Oh, my God. It's like... It's like you come home with an ulcer every day, you know, and uh, I can't even imagine, like, the, the, you know, nobody's going to die from, well, you might die from being sick, but... You're carrying a heavy mailbag. My grandfather had a heart attack from carrying a heavy newspaper bag. I mean, you know, why would know you... I that. I'm so sorry. That's all right. But I mean, like, uh, many, many years ago. But I mean, like, but why would you, you know, why would you want to put pressure on a guy? Who's doing the job? Is that's what I don't understand, Marion. As hard as it is to find people to work today, when you finally get them, what do you do? You, then you get them and you add on and you add on and you add on and you keep you know waiting for the straw to break the camel's back, and then you can't understand why anybody would leave. They speak to you so derogatory; it's ridiculous. Like he has so much experience. 
he's so good to his customers, you know. He's mm. like the neighborhood watch. He's like a great guy, and he does a fantastic job. And you know what? They couldn't hire anybody. You're so right about, I'm sorry about the younger generation, but you're so right. They just go like the wind because they try to hire people. Oh, you mean I got it? Oh, this is too heavy. I, no, yeah, but you I, know what? Could that be because maybe they just have the attitude that people should have? Is it, you know what? If you're going to treat me like this, I don't need to be here. I mean, granted, yeah, it's a sense gotta, of entitlement, and they don't have the struggle that we yeah, do. Yeah, they, you got to draw the line. I mean, it's a, it's a happy medium for sure. But, um, you know, my husband's tired. He's he's ready. He's ready to get out, you know. And I keep hearing about people that, you know, they, they drop dead like, you know, two months before retirement. Or three weeks after retirement. Yeah. What do, what do we bust our chops for what? to live in New Jersey, pay the crazy taxes, work our tails off, and then not get treated properly? You know what? I think that pe the, these bosses, they just need some kind of interpersonal training just to be thankful for people. And you know what? Have a couple of personal days that are non-negotiable. You can just call out on those personal days. I'm not talking 10 days in a row. No, no, I get what you're saying. You know, but the employers give you a couple, a handful of, you know, days where you can just clock out for mental health because that's important, too. I'm with you. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. John is in Pensalkin on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, John. Hey, John. How's it going? No, I'm Steve. You're John. Oh, I'm sorry. That's um, <laughs> Do I have to remind you of that? <laughs> sorry. Volunteer firefighter Pensalkin. Thank you. God bless you. You know, you're willing to risk your life for no money and not even a tax break. God bless you. And um, what happened is it seemed like the union wanted to overtake the volunteers and right. it came down to that um, when you're on a job, it was, well, you're getting paid, I'm not, so you should do more than me because not doing me too well. So if you're doing the job, isn't you know it should just be about let's get the job done, because no matter who's getting what, somebody you know both guys are risking their lives. You don't want someone to not do their job and it could come back and hurt you. Right. Well, why break my back cutting a roof open when you're getting paid, you're getting benefits, mm -hmm. you're getting everything, and I'm not. So there was a lot of tension that was created in town. Right. There was problems, right. and they go to all paid which they did, and volunteers didn't like it, and they were somewhat chased away. And then now they're saying there's a shortage. There are so many guys I know would accept the job if it was offered to them, and it never was. So wait a minute. Hold on. I'm trying to understand here. Pensalkin was half volunteer, half paid, and then the volunteers were complaining that they were doing more work than those who were getting paid, so they paid right. everybody, got rid of the volunteers, and now, am I right so far? So far, yes, sir. Okay, so what happened with the volunteers after that? Did the volunteers just now start getting paid, so they now became paid firemen? They started shutting firehouses down, offer you to move to another firehouse. They shut that down. And then, if you're saying, from what I hear earlier, that there's a shortage, from what I know, nobody's been offered a paid job. And you have to take a test for that, and you have to be trained for that, and you have to apply for that, right? And there has to be certain openings in different towns, right? I have more experience than the chief that retired from this township. Right. I have 
I don't doubt. I don't doubt that. But have you have you gone through the proper channels? Like, have you been tested? Do you have accreditation? I mean, I, I you know what I mean. Do you have everything you need to go apply for a job at the fire department? And of all the fire departments right. in the state of New Jersey, are there no openings that you could fill? That doesn't make sense to me. That's what I'm saying. So, 33 years in this fire department, everybody right. knows me, well known. Right. I was for a job, and there's a shortage. But you put in for the job. Yes, I put in for multiple jobs for the township. Okay. And I've been... No, when you say I wasn't offered a job, it makes me believe that you're just sitting home waiting for the phone to ring. So, yeah, you did put in for everything. You absolutely should be offered a job. They could use a man of your caliber. I don't I don't dispute that at all. No, that's what I don't understand. So, how are you saying there's a shortage when there's guys out there who are willing to do it? Well, that's that's another good point. John, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. You know, for whatever reason. That's another frustrating thing, too, because the people who want the jobs hear about how people, you know, they can't find people to work these jobs and are frustrated if they can't get them. So what's your situation like? What makes you go to work every day? You know, how much of a squeeze are you getting put on you when you go to work? Did you take the job because you thought it was going to be A and it turned out to be B, C, D, E, and F? And a little bit of A, but not as much A. Not as much A. The kind of A that makes you want to go, A. 1-800-283-101.5. You know anyone who's being held back from what they want or need to do or had to stop doing things altogether because of pain? Have you heard someone say, I don't do that anymore, I can't because of my hip, knee, foot, back, etc. If pain is holding you back, you can do something about it. You need to go to Trinity Rehab. Does this sound familiar to you? I went to my doctor, they gave me muscle relaxers and pain pills, told me to follow up in a week. Well, Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you have ever tried. No prescriptions needed, same-day appointments, Fast results, Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, and frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions, and no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, like their newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, Toms River, and Wall. So you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. National Jersey. Time to be bold, to get cold. Join New Jersey 101.5's Big Joe Henry Special Olympics New Jersey for the Seaside Polar Bear Plunge. Jump in the ocean with thousands, freezing for a reason, this Saturday. All the details are on our free app at nj1015.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Parks Casino and Sportsbook, the Seaside Polar Bear Plunge with Special Olympics New Jersey. Only from New Jersey 101.5. Asking the musical question, why doesn't anybody want to work in New Jersey anymore? It's hard enough. You know, uh, we have jobs. We just don't everybody wants to work them. And there's so many people leaving different jobs in New Jersey. Uh, you heard the town hall with Eric Scott and all the different people who called in, president of the FMBA, uh, that, you know, it's, it's hard to keep people working. And I think part of the problem, part of the reason for that is because the job that you thought you were taking morphs. Once you begin working that job, uh, is the job that you started the same job that you're doing now? And also, you know, what makes people want to quit? Have you ever quit a job? Have you ever just gotten so disgusted with where you're working that you couldn't take it anymore? What made you quit your job? Or did you ever get to the point where you were able, you were going to quit your job? 
and you were able to work something out to make it more bearable. There's so much that goes into this uh, from the way, from your own work ethic, the way you were raised, uh, to the management. You know, uh, when you man, if you manage people, do you make them feel so happy? Uh, do, do, you, do you raise their morale? What do you do to show your appreciation that they work there? You know, on the one hand, uh, man, yeah, and it's funny because management is being leaned on by their management. So it's a trickle-down thing. But now it's trickling down and out the door. And for different reasons. You know, the government changing the rules on the police department, making it hard for them to do their jobs. And on top of that, the disrespect they get from the people who should be appreciating the job that they're doing. If you haven't done anything wrong, you have no reason to hate the police. But then again, if you've been wronged by the police, that's a different story. But to automatically just say, well, I just don't like cops. Why? Because it's, I, I, I heard a song where they didn't like cops, and so now I don't like cops. That's how influenced people are, some people. But on the other hand, you know, what do you do? You know, what can be done to keep people working? We hear calls from people in mailmen who get leaned on, teachers who get leaned on, nurses who get leaned on. Is there such a thing as a job that we don't get leaned on? 1-800-283-101.5. And I think that, like, you know, you see, like, Generation Z, say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to go to work with the intention of getting a gold watch in 30 years. I'm going to work this for as long as I like it, and when I don't like it, I'm going someplace else until I find what's right for me. Kind of like the liberal arts of employment. And then when you find what you want, probably leave anyway because now you're so used to leaving and the game has changed. You know, um, in this business, in the business of radio and comedy and singing, music, or any kind of entertainment, stage time is currency. You know, and people will get you to do anything for it. And that's the life of comedians and that's the life of musicians. But 1-800-283-101.5. We have to figure out a way to fix this or no one's going to be working for us in New Jersey. There'll be jobs. We're going to need to work. But with New Jersey being, was the third in uh, export of population? We'll be working somewhere else. Right, coming up. Uh, special edition tonight at 10, Jersey's opening lines, because I've got tickets for the Parks Casino show with Gemini and Mark Riccadonna and Justin Gonzalez. Cinderella will be here doing uh, Minding the Store that night. Uh, so I got five pair of tickets. So we're going to do that. Uh, Jersey's opening line, special edition at 10 o'clock. And coming up on the other side is going to be Laundry Evangelist. Laundry Evangelist, Patrick Richardson. You see him on HGTV? I'm going to be bringing him on stage at 3 o'clock at the home show at the uh, New Jersey Convention Center in Edison. And a uh, good time is going to be had by all. So the number to get through, 1-800-283-101.5. Stick around. Jersey Radio. I've been listening to you guys since I was a kid. New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trivelis. get you through the night. It's all right. It's all right. Tell you what's getting you through the night. You and me till 11 o'clock. Jersey's opening line's coming up at 10. That's where we give you the opening line of a song we play every weekend on New Jersey 101.5. When the music comes out to play, when uh, 
Big Joe does the polar bear plunge and broadcast live. And you get it right, I've got a pair of passes to uh, Comedy Night at the Parks Casino in Ben Salem. Gemini, Mark Riccadonna, Justin Gonzalez. You know them from Wednesday night? They're going to be performing next Thursday night at the Parks Casino. So uh, you get that. I'm going to be at the uh, New Jersey Home and Garden Show this uh, Saturday, 3 o'clock on the main stage. Joining me will be the one and only Patrick Richardson, the laundry evangelist. And he joins me now. How you doing, Patrick? I'm great. How are you doing? I, you know what? I am. I am amazing. I, I shot that video promoting this, and uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out. I can't wait to find out how vodka becomes essential in the laundry room because I've been trying to push that argument for years. How does that work? Well, you know, vodka's great. Vodka actually removes the odor from anything. So really? if you go to your favorite restaurant, like you know. Um, Tonight I came home from a bar and like if you you know if your shirt smells like the bar, it's clean right. but you know it smells like fried food you can spray it with vodka odor's gone you can spray vodka in your sneakers you can spray it on really your yeah you can spray it in your hat you can spray it on your equipment I have no idea if, yeah it's it's um it's a great trick and the trick is you know use college vodka you want like the cheapest vodka you can get your hands on. <laughs> Good vodka for you, cheap vodka for your clothes. So if someone gets stinking drunk, all you got to do is spray them with vodka. I like that. My sons, have uh, they're they're playing football, and the cleats, when they take the shoes off in the car, you can't even drive. So I'm definitely going to... Yeah, it's perfect for that. And, you know, if you remember, like, your your high school lit teacher that was also the coach... Mm -hmm. You remember, like, you know, he had that thermos. It yeah. doesn't smell oh. like anything because vodka is completely odorless and colorless when it dries. There you go. There you go. Potatoes on a whole new level. I love this. Exactly. Man. How, how did you become the laundry expert? Not so much the laundry expert, the laundry evangelist. Right. Well, you know, I mean, you have to get out and share the love, right? Right. Well, you know, my love of laundry goes all the way back to when I was a little kid. Um, I loved laundry enough that when I was three, Santa brought me a toy washing machine. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. So my love of laundry, you know, I've loved doing laundry my whole life. Uh-huh. I associate it with taking care of other people and being, and when I was a kid, I associated it with being taken care of, you know, because my mom and my granny washed my clothes. Right. Nice. And then, you know, when I got older, I kind of started doing it, and then um, I, kind of a sad story, don't mean to bring you down, but... When my granddad died, one of our neighbors came and did all of our laundry, you know. Oh, how about that? I've never forgotten it because it was such an act of, like, care. Yeah. And, you know, so as an adult, like, I've done that for other people. You know, I had a friend who broke his ankle, and I would go over and do his laundry. What a wonderful thing to do. That is really beautiful. My wife will make dinners for people that pass, you know, whose family, relatives pass away. Remember the the trucks? Was it the tide trucks that came around, like, after Superstorm Sandy? They would go to towns, and you'd see them with just, like, they were just trucks of washing machines just doing people's laundry. And, you know, and there's also a great story, I mean, you know, we don't need this to get too heavy, but after um, there was a plane crash in Lockerbie, Scotland in the late 80s, Pan Am 108. I remember that. And then, okay, everybody in that town, you know, the clothes, when the plane crashed, like the debris scattered for miles, the people in that town decided they were not sending anything home dirty. So they didn't know who the people's clothes, they didn't know who the clothes belonged to, but 
everything that everybody found, they washed and ironed and pressed and gave it to Pan Am so they could give it back to, you know, either the, like, families or survivors or, you know, whatever. And I've never really forgotten that either because, you know, it was such a simple thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't. I mean, you know, do you, do you yeah. really care that your White Haynes T-shirt was washed when you got it back? You didn't care about the T-shirt, but it meant it would have had to have meant a lot. But somebody wanted to do something for you. It so, showed that somebody cared. Yeah, yes. it shows caring. And I know, like, there's a Patrick Richardson candle available. <laughs> yes, right, a prayer candle. A prayer candle. I huh? figure if, you know, you light it in your laundry room when you have a little trouble, right. it'll help you through. Does it smell like vodka? It does not, because vodka's odorless. That's what I mean, so it doesn't yeah, smell. It does. So it doesn't yeah. smell, right? Yeah. I love that. Was your favorite song growing up, This Is The Way We Wash The Clothes? Well, um, do you know what's really funny? What's that? Um, I never knew that little nursery rhyme, whatever, as a kid. Oh, really? Somebody asked me that as an adult. I was like, I don't know what that is. You never heard the song? No. This is the way we wash the clothes, wash the clothes, wash the clothes. This is the way we wash the clothes early in the morning. Well, I remember yeah, swimming no. in pools and you would take kids and, you know, we take each other and, you know, hold them underwater and bring them up, hold them underwater, yeah. bring them up. Uh, see, now you got something, right? Now you can take, take that. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll go in the hotel a little later. <laughs> Somebody there, they'll find out. How did you make this a career? I'm fascinated by that because you're so good at it. Well, thanks. Well, it started, I used to sell clothes, and I opened a store that sold designer vintage. Right. And people would always say, oh, I don't want to buy that. I don't want to have to dry clean it, and I needed to make money. So I started saying, well, you don't have to dry clean it. I'll show you how to wash it. So I started carrying the stuff to show you, you know, so that you could do it. Right. In my store, and then everybody had the same questions, so I started Laundry Camp. How about so People that? could come to Laundry Camp and learn how to do their laundry. Uh-huh. And kind of went from there, you know, ended up with a TV show and a book. And That's great. Now I get to be in New Jersey and get to talk to people about laundry. And I'll tell you, we got a lot of dirty laundry in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you know, I, like I, I think I'm your guy because, you know, I can make anything disappear. You could run for governor in New Jersey. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. What is the toughest stain? You've ever had to get out. People must come to you all the time going, can you get this out or can you help me with this? Do they actually bring dirty laundry to you looking for yeah, looking for absolution, looking for help? Yeah. You know, if somebody wants to, they can bring it to the home show even. Really? Um, yeah. They bring it. I'll, I'll help them through it. Probably. And it, it's not the hardest thing I've ever had to get out. Right. But the most difficult thing I ever washed was a wedding dress that had been through a fire. What? And it was completely covered in soot. Wow. The reason it was such a pain was you couldn't touch it without being covered in soot. So you couldn't wash it like in the normal method because, like, you'd get part of it clean and then there'd be soot somewhere. You know, you got soot on a table, mm-hmm. you know, trying to move it through the house. So I ended up, I actually did this on my show, I ended up taking it and putting it in the tub in the backyard. And I washed it outside so that I could, like, lay it on the grass and that sort of thing so that, you know, because what was happening is I was washing it at the sink. Mm-hmm. Well, then the countertops would get soot on them. It was just because there was just so much volume. That's the hardest thing I ever washed. The hardest stain to get out, believe it or not, is lipstick. Lipstick? Yeah. Lipstick is the hard, And the better the lipstick, the harder it is to get out. I mean, I can get it out, but it's right. the toughest of anything. 
There'll be men showing up at your door with shirts. Well, <laughs> Can you help you know, me it's really funny. I used to make that joke uh-huh. in laundry camp. I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to put it on your collar. I'll show you how to get it out. One time I made the joke, and his wife just stared a hole straight through me. Oh, God. <laughs> I realized, oh, I'm not a nerve. So I never made the joke again. You know what I want to know? You know, like, the, the because this happens to me all the time. You know, like, I'll, I'll have a shirt on, and I'll eat on my way to work, and I'll spill something on the shirt, and you get that, like, that little oil stain or that grease stain or whatever on a beautiful T-shirt that I love. Yep. How do you, and you try the spray and wash, and not, how do you actually get that stain out? You can use two things. One is you can use a mixture of white vinegar and water. Okay. 50 vinegar, 50 water. Keep it in a spray bottle. Spray it on. Okay. Or you can use some kind of oily soap. And I'm not going to tell you to use dish soap because it's usually too acidic. But like liquid hand soap. Oh. Drop a liquid hand soap on it and toss it in the washer and it'll be good. In fact... I have done laundry in my hotel, and I have something drying. <laughs> you, you have, I, did, I had some clam chowder today, and uh, uh, you know, yeah, you, you have already made this interview more more than worth it. This, this interview has paid for itself. Uh, <laughs> All right, what final question? What is the yeah. best advice you would give someone? who is learning to do, who's just starting out. You know, kids now, they get to the point, they're going to do their own laundry. Talk them through it. What's the best advice you would give someone doing laundry? Use less stuff. You only need about two tablespoons of detergent. You don't need a pod. It's too much detergent. Really? Two tablespoons of detergent, no fabric softener, no dryer sheets. Less stuff, your clothes will be cleaner, and they're less likely to stain so if you get a stain on them, it's less likely for that stain to stick, and it'll save you a lot of money because fabric yeah. softener and unstoppables and dryer sheets are expensive, and they're useless. They're actually terrible for your clothes, and they're terrible for you. And then, you know, if you only use two tablespoons of detergent, detergent will last you a long time, and that's more than enough to get your clothes clean. Yeah, I always fill that whole cup. You know, in the washer, you pull the washer out, and there's that yeah. cup, and you, you don't need to do that. Just two tablespoons. No, no, no. That's, it's way too much. And it actually, um, the long version of that is it sticks in your clothes, mm-hmm. so it doesn't actually rinse out. A lot of times people have, like, crunchy towels or dingy towels, and it's because they're using too much detergent. That could be why your oil stain is staying on your T-shirt, by the way. Patrick Richardson, you are the best. The Laundry Evangelist. You and me, Saturday at the um, on the main stage at the New Jersey Home and Garden Show at the New Jersey Convention Center in Edison. I am so looking forward to hanging with you. Me too. We're going to have fun. I mean, never know, you, know, whatever, you never know what we're going to talk about. And bring, I'll bring the vodka, ju- ju- just for medicinal purposes. Right. Laundry. You got it. Laundry. <laughs> See you Saturday, my friend. All right. Thanks. Got it. 1-800-283-101.5. Here's New Jersey 101.5. Fast traffic. 101.5. Steve Trevelisse. 1-800-283-101.5. You and me till 11 o'clock. Special edition of Jersey's opening lines coming up at 10. I got tickets to uh, Parks Casino for next Thursday night to see the lovely and talented Gemini, Mark Riccadonna, Justin Gonzalez, the guys who left me alone tonight. But usually here on Wednesday nights, we got so much fun. Uh, between now and then, though, we just had Patrick Richardson on, and he's fantastic. And uh, I'm going to be with him on the main stage at the uh, uh, New Jersey Home and Garden Show, and that's going to be on Saturday at 3 o'clock. We'll be there. And uh, the man is like the laundry guru. He's the laundry evangelist. The man can get a stain out of anything. 
And I want to know from you, by the way, it's uh, NewJerseyHomeShow.com if you want tickets. But I want to know from you, what is the toughest stain you ever had to get out or didn't get out? Because this happens to me all the time. You know, and it's so embarrassing because, you know, my schedule, the way things are, we, we, you know, you're always running around. And you don't always get time to eat. I'm a big proponent of family dinner. And I try so hard to have family dinner at my house. But then there are times, like, you know, you're running out to afternoon meetings, or I'm the kind of guy who likes to eat in the car. Uh, I multitask, I eat while I drive. And a lot of times, especially when you go out and you're buying these overstuffed sandwiches and overstuffed burgers and stuff, so you take a bite, and next thing you know, it comes out the other end and down your shirt. And a lot of times I ruin the shirt. I had no idea that, you know, white, white vinegar and water would get it out. Now I know. Because I have spent so much money on spray and wash and shout. I've shouted out. I've screamed it out. I've, I've yelled profanities and frustration. But tell me, 1-800-283-101.5. And the interview, by the way, is going to be on NJ1015.com. You'll be able to hear it on my uh, on-demand show. But here's the thing, though. What is the toughest stain you ever managed to get out of something that you wore? Or what's the, you know, how did you ruin something? By spilling something on it. You know, the, 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 the worst garment you ever ruined because you couldn't, get, you couldn't get a stain out. Did you ever have that situation? You go into an important event, maybe you go into a wedding or you go in someplace, and next thing you know, over the car. You spill something. Your kids spill something. What do you do? And it's funny because it, it, everybody would understand, but yet it's so embarrassing. And you feel bad. You know, there are so many shirts I'd love to just throw on. And then you throw the shirt on, you, especially when we're going to go, go on stage or something, and you, and you look in the mirror and, oh, my God, where'd that come from? Next thing you know. And you don't always have time to run upstairs and change or something. So 1-800-283-101.5. What is the worst stain you managed to get out of something you wore? And how did it get there in the first place? You know, or two, what was the worst experience losing an article of clothing because you destroyed it by spilling something on it. Do you have any life life hacks? Like, what do you use? Like lemon juice. Everybody's got secret concoctions, secret formulas. I'm going with Patrick Richardson because he sounds like uh, laundry is a calling for this man. You know, you want to come and learn from him. If people are actually showing up, like you were saying, people show up with, like, dirty shirts and stuff. Uh, Did you ever have that shirt? Or that pair of pants or jacket or whatever that you so love. And the worst thing that could happen is that you spill something on it. And the biggest fear is that you can't get it out. You know, all the time. I'll be, I'll be, in, I'll be in my living room watching TV. And next thing you know, oh, God, I, take, I, I run upstairs. I take the shirt off. I lay it on the machine. I put the spray and wash on it, pray that it's going to come out. But have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever going someplace and on your way there? You grab something to eat. You grab like a quick bite. And next thing you know, you're wearing it. What do you do? You know, you keep an extra shirt in the car. Yeah, and, and, the, and the shirt you keep in the car is never as good as what you've got. You know, it's always that. For me, it's always been that. I got to learn to keep like, you know, the, the important travel clothes. The, the travel clothes need to be as important as the regular clothes. Because the travel clothes are usually clothes that I would never wear. Figuring, well, in case I ever get in trouble, I'll wear these. But if you ever find yourself having to wear those, you're like a total moron. You hate the fact that you're wearing them in the first place.
1-800-283-101.5. Mark's in Jersey City. What's up, Mark? What's going on? What are we doing? You are. I had to take you off of Bluetooth. That's okay. Tell me your story. Sorry, I got to shut the radio off, too. I got to shut the radio off. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm at a restaurant, and a buddy of mine hands me the Galamad. Right. And, of course, I go to reach for it, and it spills all over my brand-new, first-time-worn Robert Graham. It's a $200 shirt. Oh, my God. Bugging. Bugging. Is this Steve? Yeah. So what'd you do? You know what this is, right? Yeah, it is Mark, right? Mark Pika. Oh, Mark Pika. How you been, Meatball Man? What's going on? <laughs> Very good, Steve. Very good. How are you? I'm doing good. We got to get we gotta get you on here. <laughs> you guys will get together. You, you, you spill on the shirt, he cleans the shirt up. It'll all work out. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. My brand new Graham, Steve, I was bugging out, man. I'll tell you what. So how'd you get out? The water was scrubbing it. You know, we got his best as we can, but there was spots all over the place. So I go take it to the dry cleaning. Right. And I said, listen, you got to do something with this with this shirt. And we were looking. She must have put like 10 little stickies on the shirt. Right. You know, just to make sure we get all the stains out. And I'll tell you what, they got them all out. Really? Yeah. You, you give them a good tip. Out. Yeah. See that? You you need you need a personal t- uh, valet to follow you around with the way you eat at all these different restaurants. <laughs> you got to start wearing rubber shirts. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like uh, wetsuits. Yeah, I, I love food, man. I love food, but it was crazy though. The stains are all over the shirt, like it just didn't hit one spot. Uh-huh. It was like on a on a sleeve, on the shoulder, on a on a chest, on a collar. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, your shirt was an actual meal. <laughs> Crazy, crazy, oh, crazy. Dude, good stuff. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Do you ever have that happen to you? Do you ever, like, spill something and you can't get it out? Now you got to go to work with it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? On my drive here about once a week. Yeah. How do you, get, do you ever lose anything? How do you get it out? No, I, you know, I, I've been pretty careful, but, like, grease stains, just like water and a little seltzer, you know, seems to do the trick. Or a Tide pen. I'm going to start carrying know. a bib in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that works, too. <laughs> Picture of a lobster. 930. Now, the latest New Jersey news from NJ 101.5. Steve Trevelis, 1-800-283-101.5. Uh, my wife texts me, well, I find your newfound friendship with your laundry guru quite interesting, considering you don't even sort the damn clothes. Socks are inside out. Socks are in balls. Don't remember the video we made, Jersey Boy Does Laundry. Oh, dear God, you should have your buddy watch that clip. I get no love. I get no love. Right, here I am trying to better myself. And what does my wife do? She sends me, she sends me vile texts. All right. Moving on. Uh, Bob O'Brien. My one of my favorite disc jockeys, Bob O'Brien, uh, when he's not on the radio on New Jersey 101.5 making us laugh over song intros, he's uh, acting in every friggin' television and movie that's ever been made in the last couple of years. You watch Blue Bloods, and when they run the promo for Blue Bloods, you see Tom Selleck standing there, and there's a cop behind him saluting. That's Bob O'Brien. Uh, well, Bob O'Brien posts on Facebook today that Pebbles Flintstone is 60. How about that? The actual date listed February 22nd, 10,000 B.C., but she first appeared on this day in 1963. Pebbles Flintstone was born. And uh, the Rubbles had a ba- adopted a baby later named Bam Bam. Uh, but 
I want to, I'm thinking about this. I was going to do like uh, watching this, like who's your favorite cartoon baby. But in the 60s and the 70s, you know, a lot of the families had babies. A lot of family, you know, a lot of families were babies. They were kids. Who's your favorite TV kid? The one that growing up you identified with. Because the thing about it, like when you watch television, when you were a kid, you know, you could pretty much identify with the kid in the show. And I was telling Ryan, ironically, like a lot of those 60s and 70s kids came from uh, single families, right? Andy Griffith. If I said to you, your favorite TV kid, I bet you a lot of people come back with Opie Taylor, Ron Howard. And what was great about Ron Howard, uh, what I didn't know, was that what made Opie so different was that Ron Howard's father, who was an actor himself named Rance Howard, went to Andy Griffith and said, you know, you want to you want to make it you want to have Opie like you. You want to have a sitcom where Opie loved looks up to you, likes you, looks up to you. And that wasn't being done on television. Like normally if you go back and you look at the TV kids, a lot of the TV kids are smart asses. They knew more. They knew more than the parents. They would always get the wise cracks and all that. And uh, Opie Taylor wasn't like that. And one of the greatest, you know, most heartwarming episodes uh, were the birds, wink and blink and a nod. When Opie slingshot, he shoots the, he takes his slingshot and shoots it in the tree. And uh, he kills the mama bird and realizes what he'd done. So he decides he's going to raise the babies, the three little birds. And it gets to the end of the show and he's going to set them free. And he doesn't want to, and he realizes that he has to. And the last line in the show was when he says, uh, you know, he says to his dad, cage is awful empty, Bob. And Andy Griffith says, yeah, but the trees are awful full. I mean, that was cool stuff. So 1-800-283-101.5. No matter what the generations, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, last year, I don't care. Who are your favorite TV kids? Mad Men. Uh, AMC's Mad Men. Don Draper. The uh, the girl in Mad Men, who like, becomes a t- you know ends up a teenager at the end of the show, Sally I think her name was, Sally's presence there was so that the people watching the show, she was the eyes that the viewer was seeing it through, because the people who remember the sixties by that time were in their sixties, and had they put themselves in that place they would have been teenagers or, you know, or like, you know, preteen teenager. And she was basically the eyes of the viewer, that that was the way they would remember it. And if you watch, if you watch Mad Men, it's a pretty cool show. It's about, you know, uh, John Hamm is in it. Uh, It's, uh, you know, basically they work at an ad agency. But who was your favorite TV kid growing up? You know, Jake was a cool kid, you know, from uh, Two and a Half Men. A funny kid. Bud Bundy was a funny kid. And those guys, like, they got some cool lines in the show. Then there were guys that, you know, kids who grew up and got their own shows. 1-800-283-101.5. You know, Andrew's in Flemington. What's up, Andrew? Oh, my God. Wow, you're getting desperate to take my call. You know what? That's This is the point I'm at, Andrew. You better make this a great call. Now, you're leading off, Andrew. You're playing center field. What is your call? Give it to me. Who's your guy? That's it, man. So, 
Yeah. You know what I read? I read in a magazine that I guess it's probably true. One of my favorites, the Brady Bunch, and I love the Happy Days with the Ron Howard and the Fonzberry. With the, um, with the, uh, uh, what did I say before? Happy Days. Happy Days, right. Before that. Um, before, before Happy Days? I mentioned the TV show before I mentioned Happy Days. I, I don't remember. But that's okay. What, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite cartoon kid? Oh, cartoon? No, no, regular kid, regular. Who's your favorite TV kid? I'm sorry. Oh, the Brady Bunch was my favorite show, but I wanted to mention, I read that Greg Brady, uh-huh. the oldest uh, brother, right? he was the only character that appeared in every episode of the Brady Bunch. Really? I didn't know that. He was the only one who appeared in every episode? Yeah, and I heard that Greg Brady had a thing for Florence Henderson. I had heard. I heard that. Right. I heard that. And then they actually go, did. They actually go out on a date. I think once, and they realized that this is silly. They're probably like, we had nothing. Hey, you know what? Rick Flair's wife uh-huh. told him that made him want to divorce her. What's that? He says, "What do you have in common with twenty-five other people? Twenty-five year old people that are younger than you." Hey, you want to hear something funny about Rick Flair? Go ahead. They said that whenever he would go out to the restaurants with his friends, the other co-workers that they got along with and hung out with, right. he was amazing because he could always remember everybody, every waitress's name. He called them all dollface. Ah, is, Andrew. Soon is going to be a two-drink minimum just to hear this guy. Dominski and Dol- Hi, Steve Trevelis. Pebbles Flintstone is 60 years old. Who's your favorite TV kid? Jersey's opening line, special edition coming up at 10 o'clock. I got uh, comedy tickets to the Parks Casino next Thursday night. See Gemini, Mark Riccadonna, Justin Gonzalez. It'll be like the E Street Band without Bruce, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, let's go to Philip is in Montreal, Canada on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Philip. Steve, it's great to speak with you. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Awesome. I just want to let you know, I listen to New Jersey 101.5 all the time. You guys helped me keep my sanity during the pandemic living up here in Canada. Oh, thank you, Pat. Uh, I appreciate that. But uh, my favorite TV kids is, is two brothers. It's from the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Uh-huh. They're both named Pete. I grew up watching them on Channel 35 on Nickelodeon all the time. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and on Nickelodeon back in the 90s, it was all about... Uh, you know, kids being in power and kids, uh, you know, kids rebelling and, and stuff like that. But it was all fun and there was yeah. super crazy in that show. That was like Rain and Stimpy, right? And uh, Pete and Pete and uh, oh, who else? The Rugrats, right? That was that was that era, right? Yeah, yeah. They had Doug, and then um, in the late nineties, it was uh, Alex Mack, I think, you know, uh-huh. something like that. But yeah, PNP, it really stuck with me. I still watch it to this day. Uh-huh. Um, it was filmed in New Jersey. A lot of a lot of show, a lot of episodes were filmed in Cranford, New Jersey. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, yeah, you can see it in the credits of the show. They they credit the the towns they filmed in. Right. It was really awesome. What made you move to Montreal? Uh, I had a choice after I did my my bachelor's at Rutgers. I had a choice of doing uh, teaching English in France or doing my master's here. I did my master's here, and the rest is history. A lot of fun up there. I, mean, I got friends in Canada. It's really nice up there. 
Yeah, Canada's been good to me. I miss a lot about New Jersey, uh, especially pork roll, and I think the whole Central Jersey thing that that don't exist. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, just, just think, yeah, just think of it as on you guys. yeah. From where you are, it's Southern. It's really Southern Jersey. But man, you know what? We're connected now that you're here. Oh heck yeah. For sure. You got it, pal. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5, 1-800-283-101.5, asking the musical question. What the hell are you doing here? It's you and Amber. What's happening, my friend? Oh, great topic, buddy. Kids of the past. I mean, you know, the TV shows that right. I used to watch. So uh, who is yours? Well, no, not only that, but listen. I mean, I'm older than you, but we lived in the best time of TV, man. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the shows, well, I mean, I, I don't even know how to pick which the best kid is. But leave it to Beaver. Beaver was awesome. He's pushing 80 now. Oh, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, I think more than He's got to be older than 80. Yeah. yeah, and he still does, like, card shows. I see him on Facebook every now and then, you know. But it's like this old man holding up a Leave at the Beaver picture. It's like, amazing. But anyway, one of my favorite actors, though, uh-huh. Barney Rebel. He was a good actor. Barney Rubble? Yes, he was the best. He was. He had that laugh down. <laughs> he had that down. But, Trev, uh-huh. you, know, you know what the serious thing is? Like, back then... Like the parents were were like they were over the kids. The sitcoms today and and the comedy that they put to us now, the kids make the parents look like idiots. They did back then too. That was the thing. Like Andy Griffith, uh, I told you, I was saying this earlier. Rance, uh, Ron Howard's father went to Andy Griffith at the beginning of the show and said to him, you know what, you should have Opie love his father. You should have Opie look up to his dad. And Andy Griffith loved that idea. And you look at how, like, the relationship between Opie and Andy, Opie looked up to his father. But you look at some of the other kids back then who were, like, smart-ass, they were wisecracking. Uh, but you know what, most of the families back then were single parents. Remember Courtship of Eddie's father, there was no mom? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah o- right. Opie didn't have a mom. And then Opie becomes Mayberry RFD. And that kid didn't have a mom. There was a lot of, you know, Julia, Corey didn't have a dad. There was a whole, you know, a whole lot of that. I'm saying is, Steve, like the, the kids today, they, they put their kid, their, their parents down. They, they act like they're smarter than them. Back then, the parents still had to handle on the kids. Well, back then, the dad, depending on the show, like Leave It to Beaver, the dad in the end always worked it out. They, they find a way. Like yeah, Happy Days was good like that. But you, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Jersey's opening lines coming up. Jump on. Trusted, reliable, honest. Depend on New Jersey 101.5. WKXW Trenton. WKXW HD. New Trevia, the show that asks, what else do we know about New Jersey? Comes Jersey's opening lines. The first thing you hear on weekends when the music comes out to play. Absolutely right. Jersey's opening lines. The first thing you hear on the weekends when the music comes out to play. Here's what I'm going to do. Right now, I am going to give you a pair of passes to comedy night at the Parks Casino in Ben Salem. You're joining the fun with a group of friends, a special night out next Thursday night. A week from tonight is going to be incredible. The Laughter Pack headlines. And this is, uh, if you listen on Wednesday nights, you know Mark Riccadonna. 
You know Justin Gonzalez. He sings like Freddie Mercury. He's in a Queen tribute band, and he's got a magical voice like Jim Neighbors. You talk to him, and he talks one way. He sings, and he's Freddie Mercury. And, of course, Gemini, the lovely and talented Gemini. So here's what I'm going to do. Special edition tonight of Jersey's Opening Lines. We give you the opening line of a song we play every weekend when the music comes out to play. And if you get it right... 70s or 80s of the categories. If you get it right, I'm going to give you the tickets. And I'm telling you, I want to blow these out. Because at 1030, we got the headlines and trev lines. So if you want to win these tickets, just call in. I'm going to make this as easy as possible for you. It is my, my, my life's work. It is my, my, my way of saying thank you to, to give back to the community <laughs> these Parks Casino comedy tickets. And if you want to go to the show, parkscasino.com slash comedy. It's going to be a great show. It's only $20. It includes the first adult beverage free. You got to be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. But, uh... I want to know. 1-800-283-101.5. I got an open board right now because we don't normally do this. But we're doing it tonight. I figured, you know what? We have leftover tickets from last night. And uh, I'm going to make this easy for you. Special night. One night only. One oh. night only. Until next week if we have leftover prizes. <laughs> one night only. So jump on right now. And, and again, all you got to do is guess the opening line of the song. And even if you don't want to go, you want to play, just jump on. 1-800-283-101.5. 70s and 80s. These are the songs we play every weekend on New Jersey 101.5 when the music comes out to play. These are the songs that you should know by heart. These are the songs that we play over and over and over again. They've been ingrained in your brain. And you know what? As easy as that is, no album cuts, no nothing to trick you, because it's my hope that you win. 1-800-283-101.5, and this is your chance. Jersey's opening lines. Right now I've got an open board. So all you have to do... Is jump on. What are, you're on the air. Who's the, who am I talking to? Amanda. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm Joe Ducky. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm not bad, but it's early yet, Amanda. Give me an hour. <laughs> Did you have a good day today, Amanda? A very nice day. Yourself? I, I had a good day. What was the best thing happened to you? Uh, the best thing I had to do today was go to Sky Zone and jump around with one of the kids I work with. You jumped around at Sky Zone? I know, and I'm 57. Tell me about it. How about that? <laughs> did you did you do flips? Uh, no, no flips. No flips. Up and down, no flips. All right, the flip days are behind you. I was trying to teach him to do flips, but I can't. <laughs> I'm going to the doctor tomorrow, that's all I can say. Oh, okay. Are you a fan of comedy, Amanda? Yeah. Uh, what's your category, 70s or 80s? Uh, let's do 70s. All right, 70s. Here we go. From the 70s, I'm going to give you this. You get it right, and you are going. Let's see what we got here. We'll give you, we'll give you a nice, easy one. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, gosh. Relax, relax, relax. You can do this. You can do this. Okay. Uh, uh, are you ready? I think so. Okay. He was a hard-headed man. He was brutally handsome. Oh, my God. It's the Eagles. Um, right. Um, 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 oh, my God. He was a hard-headed man. He was brutally handsome. Oh, I have to do the next line. No, no. Just what was the name of the song? 
Oh, fast lane. There you go. See how easy that was? I'll go jump around on that. All right. Let's go to Tom is in Trenton on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm hanging in there. I'm going to break at work, so I'm trying to jump on. What do you do? I work for Amazon, man. I'm a uh, order picker at midnight, 6 at night till 5 a.m. Oh, my God. You're the, you're, the, you're the guy that picks the orders, huh? And you guys got to get it to your ASAP in the morning. All right, so you need to get out. You need a good a good night out. You need to laugh. I need a whole bunch of laughter, yes. And if anybody can do it, Tom, Gemini can do this. You ever listen to Gemini? Uh, sometimes. All right. Uh, and Rick and Donna and Justin, they're all here on Wednesday nights, and they left me alone tonight to do this. What, what, is, your, what is your category, Tom, 70s or 80s? I'll go with the 80s, please. All right. Hot steaming cup of 80s. All right. You're leaving now. It's in your eyes. I know this song. I know this song. You're leaving now. It's in your eyes. What is your category, Tom? Tom, you got to load with the radio, Tom. That's okay. I don't have it, man. The first time I don't have the right answer. Oh, sorry, pal. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. All right, we got Greg and Jackson. What's up, kiddo? Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, you? Not bad, not bad. All right, Greg. If anybody can do this, Greg. Did you have a good day today? I had a great day today. What's the best thing happened to you today? Best thing that happened to me today, well, I'm a teacher, and today there's an epiphany with the students. They're understanding what they need to learn. How did that happen? I want to tell my kids. It's the teaching style technique. I told them since day one I'm going to change the way they think. I'm not Google, Alexa, or Siri. Okay. I'm going to let, I'll teach them how to slow down and process things. Nice. And it worked? They're finally, well, they're finally getting it because if it doesn't come to them right away, they give up. That's the, that's the generation of today. Mm-hmm. And you're slowing them down. You're giving them time to think. You've got to slow down and think. All right, so now. We're going to play chestnut checkers. Right, now they're, boy, I like that, chestnut checkers. And, uh, and they're watching you now. And you've got to get this using the Greg from Jackson critical thinking method. We're going to go with the 70s. We're going with the 70s. Okay, let's see. From the 70s, is this the real life? Is this the is this just fantasy? This is uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Hey, hey, good job. Good job. All right, 1-800-283-101.5, Jersey's opening lines. You get this right, you get a pair of tickets, see Joe Conklin's Comedy Night at the Barks Casino in Ben Salem. You join the fun with a group of friends or a special night out this Thursday night, March 2nd. The Laughter Pack, great talents, three great talents for a night of comedy, magic, music. Mark Riccadon is going to be there. He entertains the troops overseas. Magic and comedy with Gemini. He talks, he's a ventriloquist. You know Gemini, right? and the singing, the music of Justin Gonzalez. Tickets are just $20. They include your first adult beverage free. And you can buy them at parksexino.com slash comedy. must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is truly 
a good show. Uh, 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. I got Mike, I got Tom, and I got two open spots. So if I were you, I would jump on. Here's New Jersey 101.5 Fast Traffic. Be bold and get cold. Join New Jersey 101.5's Big Joe Henry in Special Olympics, New Jersey, for the Seaside Polar Bear Plunge. Jump in the ocean with thousands, freezing for a reason this Saturday. All the details are on our free app at nj1015.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Parks Casino and Sportsbook, the Seaside Polar Bear Plunge with Special Olympics, New Jersey, only from New Jersey 101.5. All right, Jersey's opening line, special edition, 1-800-283-101.5. You get it right, you get a pair of passes to the comedy night at the Parks Casino in Ben Salem with Gemini, Mark Riccadonna, Justin Gonzalez, Mike in Avenel is on New Jersey 101.5. What's up, you? Going by. How you been, buddy? I can't complain, but it's early yet. All right. I hear you. Yeah. You having a good day? You, you, every day is a good day, Steve. I like wake that. Up. I like that. You're not going to be at the show, are you? No, I'm going to be. I'm going to. Cinderella will be here minding the store, talking Jersey. So, all right. When I win, you could just uh, pay it forward to somebody. Oh, okay. All right. When I win, I like the confidence in the man. Okay. What's your cat? What's your cat? What's your uh, what's your your category? Steve, oh, 70 stone music. All right, let's 70s music. Yeah, there we go. This is a story about Billy Joe and Bobby Sue. Ah, uh, Steve Miller. And the name of the song? Yeah. Take the money and run. There you go. Our motto in Avenel. All right, let's go to uh, Pat is in media on New Jersey 101.5. Hello, Patricia. Hi, how you doing, Steve? Good, how about you? Oh, good, good. Always good. Oh, I love to hear that. Are you, uh, are you ready to go see some comedy? I am so ready. What? And it's close to my birthday. Oh, really? Yep. All right. You're going to be 35. What is your category? Plus 35. Oh, 35 plus 35. Okay. What's your category, youngster? Uh, 70s. All right. Let's see. From the 70s. Hmm. All right. Let's see what we got in here. Guess who just got back today? Oh, the boys are back in town. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. All right. We're giving out tickets like crazy. I'm telling you. Winners to the left of me. Winners to the right of me. Where do we go from here? Who did that song? Where do we go from here? I forget. Uh, some disco band in the 70s. Uh, la, 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 la. Disco was cool in the 70s and the mid-70s, but then it got overboard in the later 70s. When it was just beginning, I kind of liked it a little. Uh, let's go to Tom in Phillipsburg on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Tom. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. How about you? Good. Good. Can't complain. Well, that's early yet. What's the best thing that happened to you today? <sighs> Actually, it's been one of those days. Uh, if this goes well, this is going to be the high point of the day. You had a miserable day, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did you have a miserable day, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hold on. What, what is your category, 70s or 80s? Well, I knew that last one, so let's try 70s. 
Oh, okay. Anyway, like that's going to be a help to you, right? Uh, yeah, right. There we go. What do we got here? I'm looking at the 80s. They're all mixed up. Where we go from here was the Alan Parsons Project. Yeah, you're right. No, there was a there was a disco song too. I know. Where do we go from here? There was another one called Where Do We Go From Here, and it was some kind of a a mid seventies oh. disco. And I can't remember. I'll find it during the break. Uh, okay. Remember, like Tangerine, like that kind of stuff. Uh, you got me where you want me. Uh, just as disco was beginning. And then, then, then they decided it got so bad they had to blow it up in uh, in Comiskey Park. Uh, that was remember, a good thing. Remember that? Right. All right, here we go. The mountain is high, the valley is low. Excuse me, which way is A free ride. Look at you. Look at you. Now you think I'm substantially better. All right, one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Steve Trevelyan's jerseys opening lines. We got one more left. Okay, yes, no, we're, we're all out. We have no more tickets left. Hold on, we have one pair left. We have one minute. I'm doing sign language over here. Do we or don't we? We have no more left. We have we're, we're out. We're completely out. But that's okay. We still got Robin Brick. Rob doesn't mind. He'll play anyway, right, Rob? That's right, Steve. I'm usually no good anyway. No, Rob, you're fantastic. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for the next couple of minutes. So if anybody wants to call in and just play like Rob, how you doing, Rob? Good. How you doing, Steve? Love your show. Oh, thank you, pal. Did you have a good day today? Yes. Yes. What's Can't it? complain, like I say, all the time. Can't complain. Love that. State of New Jersey, making it work. Working hard, living the dream, money and surviving. I like that. What did now? What was the best thing that happened to you today? Uh, today, no. A couple of weeks ago, my dad had heart surgery and he recovers very well. So. Oh, that's great! That is great. I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you, Steve. You can't complain about life. No. When that happens, it just makes you feel better. Uh, you know what? I wish I had tickets to give you. What? What is your category, Rob? 70s or 80s? I want to do 80s. All right. 80s. What do I got here from the 80s? Let's see. Hmm. I bought a toothbrush. Some toothpaste. Um, I know the song for sure. Uh, moving, moving on up or something? No, I bought a toothbrush, some toothpaste. A flannel oh, for that. my face. I know the song. Pajamas, I... a haircut, new shoes, and the case. <laughs> I know, and you guys I said to my time. reflection, let's get out of this place. <laughs> and Joe Henry plays it every weekend. He does? <laughs> Now, there's a man that's been tempted. Go ahead. What's the name of the song? That's right. What's the name I, I of the know. You don't know? I don't know the name of the song, but I know the song. All right. Well, that's all right. Wait, well, if, if I had prizes, it'd no, be different. No, senor. No, yeah, senor. really. You got to go that no, way. Senor. I got to go that no, way. Senor. No, senor. No, senor. No, senor. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Ricky got to do the Super Bowl. Ricky, who came on here, predicted the Eagles, had to do the Super Bowl. I, should, I, I was going to get him on afterwards, but I couldn't do that, though. You know, that, that would be mean. Please, Senor! Please, Senor! 
Exactly. Uh, 1-800-283-101.5. That's going to be a hell of a show next Thursday night. Tomorrow night, I'm going to be at the uh, House of Independence in Asbury Park with, uh, with my good friend Eddie Testa. He who comes in here and he's doing, a so- he's doing a show called, Hey, I'm from Freehold, too. And he's willing to admit that. So we're going to go out there and celebrate his music. He's really, uh, it's sold out. It's sold out, and he's been in here a couple of times, and he's such a great guy, and I'm so, I'm so happy to be doing it. And then uh, tomorrow, a Saturday at 3 o'clock, I'll be on the main stage at the home show with uh, Patrick Richardson, the laundry evangelist, spreading the word of detergent. The, t- the tide is a-changing. See what I did there? The, the oh, I see that, yeah. is mm-hmm. a-changing, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go uh, downy myself. I'm going to say he really puts the cheer in the room. The che- yeah. See that? I was, look at go. that, right? Now, now you're starting you start to worry about this. You're starting <laughs> to think like I do over here. 1030. Now the latest New Jersey news from N5. Weather brought to you by Master Attic. Hearing noises in your attic or smell something coming up from the crawl space? P.U. You need Master Attic. They do it all. Seal off rodent entry points, remediate any damaged insulation, and install new insulation. Go to masterattic.com or call them at 800-283-4... I'm sorry, 800-285-4009. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. Camilla. She just laughs when I say that. Uh, that's all. She laughs when anybody says anything, so what the hell. All right, we ready. For you. Excellent news. Now it's time for Headlines and Trev Lines. I read the news today, oh boy. Doctor, doctor. There's Steve comments on the headlines of New Jersey. Brace yourself, folks. For mind-blowing news. As only Steve can. What the hell's going on out here? Well? All right, so uh, Kevin Hart is very excited about an upcoming movie that he's going to be in with Will Smith. Really? They're remaking Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Get the hell out of here. Yes, they are. Are you kidding? And it's going to star Kevin Hart and Will Smith as the iconic duo. That was previously played by... Uh, Steve uh, Martin and John Candy. Yeah, I was going to say Martin Short. It's going to suck. Oh, come on. All right, well, Why good luck. Why all right. Not? What do you got against the the, part, the pair of them, aside from Will Smith? We, we all know what I have, against uh, what I have. I know anything against Will Smith. I, I, I have no problem with anything. I mean, my, my problem is, why does the movie need to be remade? Why, does Steve Martin and John Candy not do a good enough job? I mean... What's the point? I don't know. Well, well, well planes, trains, and automobiles have changed a lot since then, and that part of the how have they the changed? <laughs> planes, trains, and automobiles. Well, it's a lot. Have you seen the movie? I, I've seen parts of it. Well, you need to see the whole movie. I do need to see the whole movie. You do need. To. It's <laughs> not about planes, trains, and automobiles. Well, maybe I should not. See it's this. about a guy. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I can't even imagine how that would work. I mean, so so which one? Like, would which who would play what character? Um, I assume that Will Smith would play the straight man and Kevin Hart would play the funny guy. So I guess uh, uh, Steve but Martin would be Will Smith, a uh, person. Steve Martin or Will Smith would and, be- and John Candy. See, the thing, I just don't, I, I, it just doesn't make sense. Why remake it? I mean, yeah. I don't understand why they remake some movies that just don't need to be remade. Yeah. Steve Martin and, and John Candy. That was an iconic movie. That's like, that, in my house, that was a tradition. Every Wednesday before mm. Thanksgiving, me and my boys would watch play. And you laugh your ass off. It's, do me a favor. See the movie. You see the movie. I've seen And John then Candy come films. back and tell me. 
But it's, it's not another John Candy film, though. I mean, I could check it out. Yeah. And then they're going to come back and tell me what you think. I, and again, I just, I hate when people do that. He's like, you know what? You gotta, you'll get like some of the greatest movies. We need to remake this. Why? <laughs> Can you give me a successful movie that was remade? Uh, 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 all, uh, along the, uh, all clear along the West, uh, what's all it called? All quiet along the Western front? Yeah. But what was there, like 75 years between those two movies? <laughs> and I, like and the I first one, Eric, Ma- Eric and Maria Raymond did that in, what, 1914? And now you're going to go back, what was the next one made? 1990? Oh, yeah, all right. But when you one was made in 1987, <laughs> and the other one was made now, it's like, why? Well, you, that goes within the limitations to your question now. You asked, you just asked oh, one in general. Right. And that's what you came up with. Yeah. I had to reach back next, like next 100 time, years. Be quiet on the weekend. <laughs> right, what, what, give me another one. You got another one? Uh, I do have another one. Yeah. Um, so, How about the honeymoon? Is that did that work out? Oh, man. Cedric the Entertainer in the Jackie Gleason role. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's so, you just don't need to remake a movie. I mean, if it's really good. Same thing with music. Mm-hmm. Did, Super Tra- did Goo Goo Dolls really need the cover give a little bit? It's the same song. I didn't even realize Almost they did. note for note. Have you heard, uh, was it Bowling for Soup's cover of Stacy's Mom? It sounds exactly like Dude, the Valley's Why are we Blaine. doing this? It sounds exactly Just for the, the money? Same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to remake a song, or you're going to remake a movie completely different, it's one thing. But I don't understand, like, remaking the movie just for the sake of remaking the movie. What, what would Will Smith and uh, uh, Kevin Hart bring to that movie that Steve Martin and John Candy who's one of the greatest comedy actors, two of the greatest comedy actors, what are they going to bring to the movie that these two, Steve Martin and John Candy, didn't? As comedians, I'm not quite sure. As people, diversity, but that's about it. Diversity is not about <laughs> movie. Movies are about movies. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I, I, have, to see, I have to see the original and then see Go the ahead. new one. What else we got? Um so this uh, South Park creators are uh, possibly in some hot water with uh, the ex-royals Harry and Meghan. Oh, because Will um, Smith and Kevin Hart want to play them in the next episode? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm going to do that. Okay. Um, so South Park did an episode um, where they had, instead of the British royals, um, it was the Canadian royals. So the Canadian queen... Oh, they're upset? Yeah. Get out. And so the Canadian queen passed away. And, uh, so For real? The, and so instead of the uh, the the British Queen, it was the oh, Canadian Queen I see. thing in the show. Okay. Yeah, and so then uh, in response, uh, the South Park versions of uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, Prince of of Canada instead of Britain, uh, come on to a news show holding signs that say "Stop looking at us" and "We want our privacy" okay. and things like that, uh, making fun of how in real life they go on shows all the time asking for privacy, but they're going on all these shows and all these media tours. They're going on and, public shows asking for privacy. Exactly that makes sense. And right. so, um, reportedly, Meghan Markle's very stressed and not happy with the way that she is portrayed. I so care less about Meghan Markle. Yeah, but than like royal family. I feel like it's almost like. Not like a rite of passage, but like you know that you're you're popular or that you're in the mainstream. If like a comedy a show is making fun of you, people, some of these people would be suicidal if people stopped talking about them. And all they do is say, "Stop talking about me! Stop talking about me!" Imagine, you know, we ought to give. You know what? We won't talk about you anymore. And see see where that goes. Remember me? Hey, how you doing? That's <laughs> like the guy, uh, like the athletes who, when they're playing. And you want their autograph, and they're all standoffish and unapproachable, and everything. Yeah. And you know when you, you know when you can approach the athlete is when his career is starting to wane. 
Nelson, hey, my buddy. What's going up, man? What's going up, dude? Come on, give me fist bumps. You know, that's when you know. That's when, yeah, I see something's, yeah, something's happening now. You know, um, that's what I love about, like, you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of the old rockers and stuff, you know, they're much easier to talk to now because they've been through that. We would never gotten Eddie Brigati in here when he was the height of the Rascals fame. Oh no! no. <laughs> but it was great to get him in here when we did. Yeah. And now he's old and he's and he and he's willing and he's, he's willing to talk and he's you know what I mean. And I love that guy. But I mean, like, could you you know? It's it's just like almost like a rite of passage. Yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, Seth MacFarlane has gone on interviews uh, and talked about how he'll he would make jokes on Family Guy and then later on run into those actors in person and need to be like, oh shoot, wait a minute, did I make fun of them? Like, what did I say? What do I do? A lot I apologize? of talk show hosts. One in particular that I once worked with. You know, one, it's like they they make fun of everybody. Once you start meeting the people, it's like mm, you can't turtle up. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll be right back. All Jersey. All right, one 1-800-283-101.5. So I had Tony Lebanon, the bass player, and uh, his best friend is Peter Gabriel. And we were talking about when uh, when they would play together on stage, uh, Peter Gabriel would come over to sing and share his microphone. And while he's singing with him, he'd be stepping on his foot. <laughs> and then, like, Tony Levin would have, like, a, a camera, tripod set up. Taking, and every now and then he'd step on a pedal to take a picture of, you know, the band. Yeah. And Peter Gabriel would ride a bicycle around the stage and make sure he knocked the tripod over. <laughs> the love between these two friends. All right, what else we got? All right. Uh, so the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church, mm-hmm. um, has been illicitly hiding a lot of money in shell companies. Really? Yes. And not just any large amount of money. And as of 2018, it was $32 billion. Really? And according to a 2020 Wall Street Journal, Journal report, that amount had grown up to $100 billion. Good thing you didn't put it in Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, oh, there would have been nothing by now. Yeah, really. Yeah, so they're being only fined $5 million. That's by, it, huh? Yeah, by the Securities and Exchange Commission over accusations that their religious institution failed to properly disclose its investment holdings. Well, I hope they learned their lesson. Yeah, but a hundred billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about that. Yeah, I hope they learned their lesson. I, I That'll teach them. Yeah, it's a lot of money in Utah. Really? What else um, we got? Uh, was it, we have uh, incredibly intelligent, highly elusive pigs. It's a new threat coming to yeah, the Yeah, they Canadian. come in on Wednesday nights. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they do a category. They're coming in a Parks Casino next week. Matter of fact. Um, so with these pigs. Oh, I heard that. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the incredibly elusive pigs? Yes, these pigs. Um, oh, gosh. Okay, I'll just go back to the article. They so were with punk the pigs, band, right? The incredibly elusive pigs. Yeah. Uh, so for decades, these wild pigs have been agon- antagonizing flora and fauna in the U.S. Um, so these super pigs are incredibly intelligent. Super pigs? Yes, that's what they're being referred okay. to because they're a, a hybrid of a regular pig with a wild boar. So they have the intelligence of the, the pig with all the size and strength of the wild boar. Did they actually get the wild pig and boar to, like, date, and that's how this happened, or did they do this in a lab? See, that's the thing. Whenever I see something that says the result of crossbreeding of blank with, like, domestic Ooh. blank and wild blank, I'm like, who's sitting there in a laboratory, like, putting these things together, like, trying to get the, the best one? Really? Like, how do, how, do you even, how do you even get that to happen? Yeah. Well, so they cause uh, $1.5 billion of damage each year. But I thought this was a good segue there was a very famous incident in right. uh, Australia 
right. back in the early 1900s, known as the Emu War. The Emu War. Yes, the Emu War, when Australia went to war with Didn't they emus. work for Liberty Mutual? <laughs> <laughs> emu, Emu! <laughs> so with the Emu War, um, basically, they needed to get all these birds off of a plot of land. Right. Right? The emus. Exactly. So, the emus had the vemus. Yeah. So they had they, they found about fifty of these birds and they, they had their guns and they made one attempt. And they didn't they didn't win the first time. Who who had the guns? The the, the people. The, and the, the humans. They, they fired on the emus and the emus didn't care? The emus, um they they just didn't care. And they, they, the Australians lost the first time around, and the second time around. That's why they're not a superpower. Exactly. We couldn't beat the emus. <laughs> doing as another country. And so uh, they went back again in a second wave and made another attempt. And uh, they, they, this time it did work, but uh, let it go down in history that Australia did, in fact, lose a battle to emus. How about that? Yes. You know, Bill Hicks does this great bit, uh, patron saint of the Steve Trevely show, yeah. about how in, in Britain... Uh, they would send the prisoners to Australia. Yeah. And he goes, let me get this straight. I could stay here where it rains like 364 <laughs> days a year where the food is awful and it's always musty and smelly. Or I could go to Australia. I could ride the surf. I could eat lobster every day <laughs> and shrimp on the barbie. I'm Jack the Ripper. No, I'm Jack the Ripper. No, I'm Jack the Ripper. <laughs> it's the land down under. The land down under, right. All right, what yeah. else we got? Uh, Zuckerberg is taking a page out of Elon Musk's note, notes bleh, notebook. And, and he's printed gonna, it on Facebook. <laughs> yes, and he's going to be charging eleven ninety nine per month to be meta-verified, which is getting that little check mark next to your name. And the biggest eleven ninety nine a month. So what does it mean? So you spend eleven ninety nine a month to get a check mark. What, is the, what does that even mean? It's a verification. So basically, no one else can be you. Who so, cares if anybody else? Nobody else wants to be me. Yeah. I've been me. I well, know. Well, so here's the biggest thing if anybody thing that people, does want to be me, contact me. <laughs> the biggest thing that people are I up in arms hard. about, though, is that part of it is direct access to customer service. So it'll be eleven ninety nine to pay for customer service for Meta, essentially. What? Yeah. No. Let's do this again Monday, shall we? Yeah, we'll try it again. Great job. Jersey News. This has been the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.